Ayo Odutayo is a fourth-year medical student at the University of Toronto. He has been named a 2013 Ontario Rhodes Scholar. The prestigious and highly competitive scholarship, awarded to 11 Canadians a year, is one of the world's most celebrated academic honors. It comes with a stipend and tuition expenses to pursue a degree at the University of Oxford. Having spent the first 12 years of his life between Nigeria and the British Virgin Islands, Odutayo developed a keen interest in improving health care internationally. As a nephrology research trainee at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center and former intern with the World Health Organization, his goals include improving management of kidney diseases beyond Canada's borders. In this episode of the ASN Kidney News Podcast, ASN President Bruce Molitoris speaks with the committed volunteer and student leader about this scholarship, how he became interested in kidney care, and what ASN can do to attract students to the field of nephrology. So, Io, it's great to meet you, and I'm looking forward to hearing about you and about why you are thinking about nephrology and especially about your future plans. So, first of all, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? My name is Io, and I'm a fourth-year medical student at the uh, University of Toronto. I've had a fairly long-standing interest in nephrology, and I've been fortunate enough to work as a research trainee over the last five years in Toronto, Ontario. And for me, over the last five years, nephrology, research in nephrology was really a way that I felt I could make an important contribution to healthcare quality improvement. For me, it was a way to improve the care that my patients received. Over the last five years, as I've continued my research, I've slowly realized that there are many other upstream factors that affect whether or not research leads to quality care improvement. And this is what has taken me to work with the World Health Organization. So before we launch into that, you recently run a very prestigious Rhodes Scholarship to go to Oxford and train for a year. Can you tell us a little bit about the application process, the interview process, and how you found all of this? The Rhodes Scholarship is a fairly standard application process internationally. What's required is that all candidates submit a personal statement, which really I think is perhaps the most meaningful part of the whole process, where you reflect on yourself and where you've come from the meaning of the activities you've been involved in and where you hope to go and how you see Oxford fitting into this picture. And you submit this personal statement along with uh, six letters of reference, which are then reviewed by a committee of individuals. And a short list of candidates are then selected. Uh, I can comment on the process in Ontario, as that's where I was was, uh, invited for an interview. And the short list comes up to about 11 to 13 candidates each year, at which point then there's two days of interviews the first night is a cocktail party where all candidates and interviewers get to meet one another and have some sort of face-to-face interaction. And the second night is where each candidate has one-on-one time with the interview panel. So it's one, can- uh, one candidate, about eight other interviewers, and you have a chance to really articulate why you believe you're a strong candidate and why you think Oxford fits into your big picture of your, for your career. And, and then ultimately they make a decision based on, your, on the interview process. Can you tell us a little bit about how your family and your previous teachers reacted to this wonderful news? My mom was very receptive to the news. I was born in Nigeria, and then I ultimately moved to the British Virgin Islands, spent 12 years of my life divided uh, between these countries, after which we then moved to Canada, where I've been since. And in that entire process, my mom has made significant sacrifices uh, in support of our education. And for her, education is always... It's not just simply being about the degree that you obtain, but also it's considered almost to be a gift 
that allows you to give back meaningfully to your community, and she's actually switched educational paths. In the Virgin Islands, she worked as an environmental scientist, and in Canada, she now works as a palliative care nurse. So when she heard that the sacrifices that she's made in support of my education now gives me an opportunity to go and pursue uh, learning at an institution such as Oxford and to really be in better position to make a meaningful contribution, I think for her that really made many of her sacrifices very meaningful. And as for my, my mentors, they've all been exceptionally supportive throughout this entire process. Three of my personal or my letters of reference came from my research mentors, and I think that went a very long way. They've they've always looked at looked at the experiences I pursued, not only in terms of just research, but encouraged me to pursue complementary opportunities that let me to develop as a leader, as well as uh, in developing health policy. And I think their guidance over the last five years is really is really what has made me a very well-rounded candidate. So I'm grateful to my family and my mentors. The story about your mother is particularly touching and her view on life and education. I wish it were shared by many, many more. Can you tell us when you first became interested in nephrology? Was it before you were in medical school or after you started and, and when within medical school? Yeah, so uh, my interest in nephrology actually started when I was completing my undergrad studies in my first year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have Dr. Mitchell Hadanavich uh, offer me an opportunity to work as a research trainee. And at the outset, I was very much captivated by renal physiology. The kidneys were a you know, very systemic organ, and aberrations in the function of the kidney affect the entire body, and there's always sort of a continuous interplay between the kidneys and other organs in the body. So the physiology of, of, of kidney, uh, kidney functioning and kidney disease was what really captivated me at the outset. I remained involved with Dr. Hadanavich over the last couple of years, and when I went into medical school and had the opportunity to shadow her in clinic and shadow Dr. David Cherney, a physician who is here at the University Health Network in clinic, I was really struck by the, the way they combined this clinical acumen with a compassion for their patient and a commitment to advocating for their patient. And that in itself cemented my interest in the clinical aspects of nephrology. So once you've loved the research side and once you love the clinical side, you're pretty much sold on your career path. So I really, going forward, my hope is to return to Canada, uh, apply to residency in general internal medicine, and ultimately, hopefully, subspecialize in nephrology. That's great. Again, it, this is a recurring theme we hear quite often is a strong and supportive mentor early in your career, and especially being interested in physiology of the kidney kind of turns the tide. I really like it that you're talking about both the the research and the clinical applicability of the research and the patient interactions. Within your medical school, is nephrology a popular area that medical students are thinking about going into? Yeah, that's a great question. It's sort of interesting because I came into medical school with an interest in nephrology, and many people were struck by that and would ask me, you know, how do you know you're interested in nephrology? And I tried to articulate some of the points I mentioned to you. Certainly at this stage in time, there are, there's a limited number of jobs in nephrology in Canada. So that is one deterrent for students who may have sort of, may want to consider exploring it as a specialty. I can't say that it's the most popular specialty within my medical school, but I believe that more students, as they exposure to it through general internal medicine, many of them actually mentioned, and mentioned to me actually, they said that, you know, the physiology is really, really interesting. I am a bit concerned about how complicated it is, and I really haven't had that early exposure that you have had, so, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be my first choice of subspecialty. I certainly agree with you in that. For me, when I had that early exposure, it was really something that made me want to continue pursuing nephrology, even if perhaps it was a complicated specialty eventually in medical school. Can you tell us a little bit about what your plan would change topics, what you're planning to do at Oxford? Yeah, so at Oxford, I, I 
I have an international upbringing and growing up in Nigeria in the British Virgin Islands, I developed a keen interest around healthcare quality improvement and health systems. Uh, so Oxford for me is going to really be an opportunity to broaden my base. I've, I'm hoping to expand and learn to get more formal training around public health and health policy. And ultimately, when I come back to complete my residency and hopefully obtain an attending staff position, I'm, I'm looking forward to being involved in nephrology research, but also looking around uh, public health and health policy efforts in nephrology. I think that's a very exciting aspect of nephrology right now, and there are significant efforts to create good health policy around chronic kidney disease, and it, I hope that I'll be better positioned to be engaged, involved in that conversation at some point in my future career. Are you applying for your residency this year, or will you wait till next year, or just how will you handle that? Yeah, so that's a process that I'm actually trying to navigate at the moment. My understanding that the best way to perhaps handle that will be to defer my application for a residency and actually reapply again when I return from Oxford. Fortunately, there is an electronic system now. The entire process of applying to residency is electronic, and your application is kept on hold for as many years, I think up to about three years. So once I'm ready to reapply, I can just contact the, the managers of the system and ask them to reload my application, and I can simply submit it. I'm grateful to have very f references who are supportive of me going to Oxford, so they will keep their references on hand and uh, make it available to me when I return. Previously, you've expressed interest in health policy and working for the United Nations. What do you think the areas of health policy that need the most attention are and, and where you can make the most difference in the future? The aspect that really interests me is chronic diseases and non-communicable diseases. Uh, they continue to present really as a leading cause of morbidity and mortality internationally. I think almost over 50% of global deaths in 2008 were due to chronic diseases. I think chronic diseases are a great opportunity for nephrologists because curbing the rise of chronic kidney disease at a global level really may require us to look at precursors of kidney disease and how we can reduce the prevalence of diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia. I think this is the area that if I was fortunate enough to work with an international setting as a nephrologist, this is an area that I'd be interested in looking into. Currently, based on the experiences I have, I've worked primarily in health information and research policy. So at my stage right now, really the only contribution I think I can, I can make would be within those fields and looking at how research policies can support uh, the development of healthcare systems to address non-communicable diseases. Now, having said that, if I do go to Oxford, I'm hoping that I can expand into other areas of to other aspects of health policy and then be able to answer questions around uh, health economics or even answer questions around uh, health system strengthening or cost utilizations and, and even perhaps even look into areas such as even dialysis in developing countries and the most cost-effective and, and efficient ways of providing dialysis to a large population. Uh, so truly for me, I think non-communicable diseases are very an emerging cause of morbidity and mortality. I think nephrologists in, in general have an opportunity to, to contribute to this discussion, and I'm hoping at some point, if I do work in an international setting, to participate in that discussion. So if I were to summarize that, I think you're saying that maybe the focus should be on the prevention and treatment of the development of chronic kidney disease prior to the need for dialysis, and then figuring out a way to pay for that so that it can be done internationally. In developing countries, uh, dialysis is a very expensive modality of treatment. Right. And it, it would be difficult, especially when there are such pressing issues such as communicable diseases and basic disparities and the basic necessities that people need, need to function, like clean water and, and there's poverty. It, it's hard to allocate a significant amount of funding to dialysis. So I think a lot of the effort in developing countries may end up having to be focused 
around prevention of chronic diseases as opposed to awaiting trying to well, find the most effective dialysis strategy. And I, I'm hoping that with some of the training I get in Oxford, I'll be able to participate in that uh, discourse. Yeah, well, it certainly holds for, I, I think, the entire international community that prevention and treatment are far better than maintenance down the road. I'm going to take you back to a different topic because the American Society of Nephrology is very interested in turning the tide and increasing awareness of kidney disease, but also increasing the number of medical students that are interested in becoming nephrologists. Can you give us any insight as to if you were, say, in my position, American Society of Nephrology's position, what would you do to increase the interest in nephrology in medical school and residency and beyond? Having spoken with a few people who have an interest in nephrology, I know the ASN provides a lot of support and coordinates a lot of efforts to increase interest in nephrology. I'm familiar with the ASN student grant where you really support research undertaken by nephrology trainees as well as the, uh, I think it's a sort of a one-week excursion program that first-year medical students can take where they go and and learn about renal physiology and also get a grant again to attend the, attend the, uh, the annual kidney week meeting. The only thing I would you know, possibly add, just based on my personal experience, is that I think right now, at least on the ASN website, a lot of the focus is on medical students. But my, my, I became captivated by nephrology at a much earlier stage than that, and I think that's what has kept me interested in it throughout. So I think uh, mentorship targeted around towards undergraduate students can perhaps be one very meaningful way to cultivate interest in nephrology. I can certainly appreciate that mentoring undergraduate students is not the easiest. We come with perhaps more costs and benefits. We have limited professional experience and in many ways require greater oversight. But I think if the human resources exist to recruit undergraduate students, that may be an effective way. And that mentorship, I think, really should be focused around uh, giving students unique opportunities to uh, at least participate in their research and providing graduate responsibility as the research training matures also in exposing them to the breadth of nephrology. Uh, this is what my mentors did for me, and my projects have ranged from obstetric nephrology to acute kidney injury. And also encourages students to pursue opportunities that are complementary to their training. So for me, Dr. Haddon Avich has always encouraged, or encouraged my involvement with the World Health Organization. Uh, she also encouraged my decision to go and pursue and study health policy in South Africa. And I think together, her guidance is really what allowed me to become a very well-rounded candidate. So I think effective mentorship directed at an earlier stage so students can truly be a way that we can recruit and encourage more people to pursue nephrology and don't simply become deterred once they complete their nephrology block during medical school. That's a, a fantastic idea, and, and I, I'll tell you, you're probably not aware of it yet because most people aren't, but the ASN is starting a pre-medical student interaction uh, headed up by Mark Parker, developed after a program that was initiated at the Brigham Hospital, where undergraduate, primarily in the Boston area, have been used to go out and meet with patients and do screening for high blood pressure, et cetera, That's in an attempt to interest the students in nephrology and the patients that they would see in nephrology and basically do exactly what you're saying. So Lily Zhao set this up at the Brigham, and Mark Parker, who heads up our workforce committee has worked with Lili and her committee and, and his own committee to take this forward, and hopefully we're going to be launching programs like this around the country. And the ASN has funded this financially so that it can come to fruition and, and move forward. So I'm glad you think that's going to be a way to go because we're certainly hopeful and excited about the possibility. 
look forward to hopefully seeing it in Canada as well. Yeah, well, I, I think that your insights are, are tremendous. I think your early work in research and being stimulated by the field are going to be very helpful to you in your career, and I'm exceedingly impressed with your ability to look five and ten years down the road and have a, a focus, uh, a keen focus on what you want to do. I, I want to thank you for this interview, and I want to wish you the best of luck in your Rhodes Scholarship next year at Oxford, and we look forward to interacting with you when you come back and you become a nephrologist in Canada. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I'm extremely grateful and humbled. Pleasure is all ours. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. The information in this podcast should not be used during a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified health care provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.